What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumpaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving... At your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Being in retweet. Hello, everybody. Good morning. It's a happy manners today. Obviously, I've been very dejected during the World Cup, feeling that Australia is not going to do too much. But we have hammered Bangladesh overnight, exacting revenge for our uh, horrible series over in Bangladesh. Good morning, Paul. How are you? Good morning, manners. I'm great. It's um, uh, oh, that was a very enjoyable night's entertainment of, of cricket watching. Um, it went. Oh, gosh. It reminded me a little bit of that 1999 game uh, against Bangladesh in the World Cup when Australia were kind of nothing was going right. And they said, we need to really hammer Bangladesh. And we kind of did. Tom Moody, I remember getting a few runs that day. Uh, obviously, omens mean nothing because they don't exist. But, um, you know, it's an interesting, um, for want of a better word, omen as to maybe, uh, you know, we won that tournament. Who knows? Maybe we'll win this one as well. Now, before I go on. Yeah. Uh, I have to retweet this as well, do I? What do I have to do? That's it. So just it's on, um, you know, Oz Cricket Pod's Twitter. So just go in there and retweet it. On. Okay. Um, so look, everyone joining, a lot to talk about. Obviously, we're going to wrap up the match overnight. Um, I've just heard Tim Payne respond to Shane Warne's mm. comments. Tim Payne on his radio show has already started making the excuses for why we might lose the Ashes. <laughs> so that's going to be interesting to talk about. Um, and there yeah, we, we've got to wrap up the game. Obviously, we the West Indies crashed out of the tournament overnight, and then Paul and I will look ahead to Australia's weekend. And I'm a little bit concerned about the way the fixtures play out, and I want to uh, talk to Paul about that. But let's start. It was just a, a great performance by Australia. They win the toss, elect a bowl. Firstly, they selected the right team. They went back to seven batters and four bowlers. It was good, wasn't it? What was also good was that they didn't take any advice from one A. Mensel, where um, let me just find the text message that you sent to Jaleesa and me. Uh, what did you say? Um, that was before. I think it was. 
we should have batted first. <laughs> <laughs> that was before they'd lost any wickets. I think they lost I one wicket when I said that. I know, but Aaron Finch also had to make the decision before the game had started. Um... <laughs> yeah, that's true. He did better than me. I was just actually concerned about us trying to chase against their spinners. And yeah. if they put up like 130, 140, then we might struggle because we we don't bat well against spin, especially with the run rate. But uh didn't happen. So, you know, Australia gets off to a great start in the in the third ball of the innings. Mitchell Stark went through Lytton Das. And uh, I love love the in-swing there from Stark. He hasn't really been getting a lot of shape out of the white ball, but that one came back nicely. That was kind of the moment where I thought, oh, this could really happen. I could genuinely see us knocking them over quickly and um and chasing the runs down still had a lot to go from there but that was a pretty exciting pretty exciting start to the game um i should add after the game i went to go to bed then i realized i had some work to do and then did a little bit of that then ended up, ended up watching the entire west indies innings so i prep i say that as a way of saying i had a really good thought then it went straight in my brain and straight out my brain um i've got two coffees but we'll see We'll so when you I say innings, yeah, when you say innings, did you watch Sri Lanka bat first, or did you watch the whole game? No, I worked during Sri Lanka's innings, and then I finished my work at the innings break, and I thought any normal person would go to bed now on a sort of effectively a dead rubber, um, a game that's going to finish at four in the morning, and I just suddenly found myself logging on and watching the entire second innings like a moron. But it was well, actually perfect, quite. Um, when, yeah, it was, it, was, it was like it was like I was doing research for Australia's game. Well, you're doing research for this. I don't know for whom. (laughs) For this episode. We're going to talk about it later. And and from that early wicket, Bangladesh never bounced back. They were two for six, three for 10, four for 32, five for 33, and then eventually all out for 73. Mitchell Stark, two for 21 off four overs. Josh Hazelwood, two for eight in two overs. Glenn Maxwell, one for six. It was strange that he was brought on so early when the, the quicks were doing the job, but he got an early wicket. And then Adam Zampa, what a spell, five for 19 in four overs, <laughs> was desperately close to getting a hat trick. Now, Paul, I actually had the good fortune or the misfortune of taking the rubbish out for the hat trick ball. So I missed the drop catch. What happened? Was it a sitter? No, it wasn't a sitter. It was um left-hander. Went forward, uh, played quite a firm defensive shot at it. Um, <laughs> if anyone goes on and looks at the highlights later, it's probably caught on the boundary. I probably got it completely wrong. I'm so <laughs> No, I'm sure this would happen. And it basically went low to Wade's uh, sort of left knee. Um, he got his gloves to it, but not enough of it. And they dropped, it dropped out. And then <laughs> like 30 seconds later, Wade, um, Zampa said to him, that was my hat-trick ball, you know. And Wade said, yeah, man, I, I tried to catch it. <laughs> That's funny that that came through on the stump mic. <laughs> I like that bit of banter. Uh, so ter- terrific performance by Adam Zampa. And it was just, um, you know, left Australia with a, a real opportunity to do wonders for our net run rate. 73, yeah. just incredible. And then um, Australia go out and get there in that 6.2 overs. David Warner was dismissed for 18 of 14 balls. Aaron Finch, 40 of 20 balls with four sixes. Mitchell Marsh, 16 of five balls. Glenn Maxwell didn't face a ball. Straight two for 78. Goes ahead of South Africa now on net run rate. It's a massive uh, boost there. Uh, just um, I, I did have worries watching Finch bat. 
last night. People are going to think I'm looking for issues, but he got hold of some and, the, you know, 40 off 20, good knock. But he was a long way from a lot of those deliveries, like not even in the, the same postcode for some of them. Yeah, but uh, I don't mind. Oh, look, I, I just thought the way they batted was so refreshing. I'm still scarred by the 92 World Cup where we hosted it and by the last match, it became clear that Australia was going to come equal fourth and miss out on, on run rate. And Alan Border, one of the all-time greats, in the interview before the match said, yeah, to be honest, we didn't, we didn't even contemplate run rate until now. And it's always the Australian way of like, uh, we will not contemplate anything that's a little bit mathematical. They did contemplate it. They did the right thing. And yeah, Finch did play a few um, windy wolves. But I think that was just a product of him saying, there's no point dying wondering. They had to get the runs in, what was it, eight, eight and a half overs in order to overtake yep. South Africa. That he had the entire batting lineup behind him. It was just the right thing to do. And, you know, these pitches, they're still not absolute feather beds. It was, there was a little bit of movement going around. So um, I, I hear where you're coming from, but I, I just hope he kept on playing that way. He might as well. Mm, yeah, I, I hope he does too. I think he's got to do that for the rest of the World Cup. But I just don't think we'll see Aaron Finch captain Australia much longer in white ball cricket. I think Alex Carey will probably be given the job within the next six months. I think it would be uh, folly to think that Finch can get to the home T20 World Cup next year. I think that's too far. And I, I think you just see in that innings where it really was a lottery whether he was going to hit them or not. And, and I just yeah, don't think could. that should be the case. For, you know, if you watch top international batsmen when they're at the crease, they're not missing balls by as far as he was. You say that, but, I mean, as, as things stand, we are potentially three wins away or even a loss and two wins away from winning this World Cup. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but it's a possibility. Uh, if that was to be the case and the next World Cup's on in only 12 months, to say that it's folly to think that he could still be captain by then. I think that's too strong. I mean, I mean he okay. might not be, but I don't think it's folly to say that he would be. Okay, well, I'll, I'll try and come up with a better word. Uh, it would be dis- – <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to leave it at that one. Uh, so, in the- He possibly will be captain. He possibly not. might not be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so Adam Zampa was the man of the match. Not a lot to talk about from the game because it was such a convincing performance. Good team balance. All the bowlers performed well. Uh, do you think they'll sort of stick with this formula now for the rest of the tournament? Because it is nice having that seven batters, the three quicks, and then the rest. I think they've just got to look at it on a match-by-match basis. As I said in our, in Cricket Unfiltered podcast the other day, that if we happen if we happen to win these two games, we've now won one of them, and and Stark bowls really impressively. It could be he could be going into the semifinals as our sort of um, our main man. But when you get, I think there's a difference when you're playing against the very very best sides where they could just clear the boundary at ease and so, with ease. And sometimes I think that's when you've got to stack the side with a bit more batters and a bit more um, uh, you know more spin bowlers. But I think it's a moot point. I think that um, if Australia crash out of the tournament, well. It doesn't matter who they were going to pick. If they make it to the semis, by definition, they'll probably come on on a bit of a high. So I think they'll just stick with their with their side and maybe it'll work or, you know, that, that'd be a great pity if Stark bowls really well against West Indies and then comes to the semifinal and um, gets dismantled by the Pakistanis. And we had um, a few spinning options in the shed who never got a game. Yeah, well, um, we'll see how that pans out. I'd like to see stick with this formula for the rest of the tournament. I... I, I 
Yeah. Um, so, you know, great performance for Australia. I have to say Bangladesh were awful. They were, uh, they were not a, a, a patch on the team we saw in the series we played against them. Yeah, I'm going to have to go in today and delete the tweets that I sent saying that they were a good good value underdog for the, for the World <laughs> Cup. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that's a bit bit disappointing. Um, I suppose it is satisfying that um, as sort of a, if you're going to be a parochial one-eyed fan to sort of be able to say this plays into the narrative of Australia wins when it matters and that, that Bangladesh series... Already today, I've actually forgotten whether it was 3-2 or 4-1. I thought it was 4-1 to Bangladesh, but I saw someone say in a, in a reputable article that it was 3-2, and I thought... Yeah. Oh, no, 4-1. Definitely 4-1. Starting to recede into the background. Um, and the Australia won the one that mattered. And yes, Bangladesh were absolutely disappointing. There was a bit of um, byplay when there was uh, when Finch at one point almost got caught and the, um, the, the field had run in. There was real anger between the bowler and the, and the outfielder. It just doesn't look like a happy camp. No. Nice message here from Chris Stone. Stark looked like the bowler I remember rather than the bowler that has been so far this World Cup. Glad his rhythm returned after the England game. Now, I'm going to read these out because we do release the audio. So if you're watching and wondering why I'm reading them out, that's why. I I liked Stark's rhythm, but as I've said before, I'm, I'm really concerned that it's not consistent with Stark. It seems to be, you know, Paul, we've seen him a lot in the Shield, one good day of rhythm and then one day where he's not quite there. So we haven't seen a sustained, you know, form run from Stark for a while. Yep. Um, And on these grounds with the big bats and the small, usually small boundaries, not so much Abu Dhabi, um, it can be, you can bowl quite well and three balls can have your your spell dismantled and that's that's kind of... um, that's all you can get. I thought it was very uh, amusing when he was bowling to the Fizz towards the end and Mustafa Rahman was backing away and defending these un- unplayable Yorkers with the, sort of the side of the bat and his um, feet about half a metre away from the stumps. Stark looked really good then. <laughs> well, yeah, when, I mean, when he's firing, he's a match winner. Now, yeah. so Australia, they jump above South Africa, the net run rate. Yep. On Saturday night, this is my concern, Paul. I'm very worried about this. There's two games on Saturday night. The first game is Australia versus the West Indies. So, yep. And the second game is England versus South Africa. So yep. Australia and South Africa are level on points, but Australia just above them in net run rate. So effectively, yep. on Saturday night, Australia will play. When South Africa starts against England, they will know exactly what they have to do to make the semifinals. Australia will not be in that position. So I'm going to write to the ICC and call for a change. These games should be played at the same time like they do in World Cup football so neither team is given an advantage. It it, it is a a, huge disadvantage for Australia. Are you worried about a biscotti situation? Um, Our friend Patrick Avenal always uses this term. which (laughs) I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) He assures me it's a commonly used term in Italian where – in a soccer tournament where the last game, so you, they usually do play them simultaneously, but for whatever reason where if two teams are playing each other and they both realise that they will both qualify with a nil-all draw uh, and that, there's, there's, that that can be a, a very safe outcome, the managers for both sides say, of course we're not going to do that and we're, we're going to go hell for leather. And they kind of do, but then suddenly 90 minutes comes by and, oh, yeah, it's nil-all draw. We tried. We really did. And they tried. It was a, it was a competitive game, but, geez, it just happened <laughs> to be nil all. Um, 
I don't think that'll be the case in this game because I, I think cricket's so much more complex. It's not so easy just to just to choose whether to score a goal or not. Cricketers are verging on superstitious that they just they wouldn't want to be seen to be doing anything like that. Plus, they would cop all sorts of criticism. And also, uh, as, as long as Australia beat um, the West Indies, yeah, South Africa may well know what they need to do, but it might mean they need to absolutely towel up England. Now, gosh, if they do that, good luck to them. You know, if, if they have to, you know, bowl England out and get the runs in 13 overs and they manage to do that, then they're a better team than I think they are. Yeah, I, I don't think there'll be any funny business with England. I know there's no. been jokes made on Twitter about them playing Australia yeah. out of the tournament. There's no way they'd do that because Australia's not a good T20 side, so they'd be trying to Plus keep them in. Not just wouldn't do it. Yeah, yeah, but I do think that you know you just look practically. You know, you, South Africa could know exactly. Say they're chasing. Okay, we need to do it in this many balls so and we'll. But I just think that gives Australia a big disadvantage. I mean, it doesn't mean we're out. doesn't mean uh, the tournament's over. But I would rather be South Africa right now. I'd rather the games be swapped and Australia's playing second so we know exactly what we have to do. So if, say, we're chasing, we know, okay, we have to get there in 12.1 overs or whatever it's going to be for South Africa. I, I just think it does give us a little bit of a disadvantage. No, I'm fine with it. I, I, I'm, I'm very calm. I mean, at the moment... Mr. Positive. Fucking Mr. Positive, this whole World Cup. <laughs> I'm just being honest. <laughs> Australia's run rate is 1.03 and South Africa's is 0.74. Um, Australia improved by about 1.6 last night in a massive thrashing. So I haven't done the maths, but that to me indicates that... What, what's that? Maybe, maybe South Africa need to win by 20 runs or two or three overs or something like that. Um, I just... Plus, don't forget, Australia, if they happen to hammer the West Indies, push that out even further. Um, the the way that we'll get onto the West Indies game, but they didn't look very happy either. Like, Phil Simmons was not a happy-looking man in the dugout at all. Jason Holder was kind of um, glowering the whole way through, not looking very happy. Andre Russell and Kyron Pollard didn't look particularly happy either. I'm not sure that they're the happiest um, dressing room as well. Um so Australia could very well put it out of uh, out of reach. What I would love, as I said to you last night, would be uh, if Australia. Um, <laughs> that's true. Chris says Paul has been Mr. Positive because he's been high on caffeine since the tournament started. That is true. Um, and delusional. I'll be drinking some more coffee now. Um, the um, the amusing thing would be if Australia lost to West Indies, but then uh, in a, in a, a fairly small narrow loss, if England beat South Africa. That'll be fine. Australia will still, um, oh, yeah. Australia will still go through. Um, that could be that could be fantastic. Australia getting through to the semi-finals, having lost to West Indies and lost to England in the in the group phase. That'd be the, that'd be ideal. <laughs> I want to go live after the game on Saturday night. So if you're watching, keep an eye out for late night manners um, after Australia's game against the West Indies. In between the two games, could be a fun little chat about midnight Saturday night. Yeah, I'll come on. I'll come on with you. Good. Well, you weren't invited, but anyway, um, <laughs> definitely were. <laughs> All right. So, Sri Lanka v West Indies. You stayed up to watch it. Sri Lanka batted first, made three for one hundred and eighty-nine. Asa Lanka sixty-eight of forty-one, mm. despite a pretty disappointing tournament for Sri Lanka. Asa Lanka has been a, a shining light. Um, so they make a 
set West Indies 190 to win. And then the West Indies fall well short, all out for, or they finish eight for 169. But Shimron Hetmeyer smashed 81 not out to give them some respectability, but they were looking like falling, falling much shorter than that. Uh, so the West Indies are now out of the tournament along with Sri Lanka. And you have to say, you know, one tournament too far for this aging West Indian team. I agree. It's quite remarkable. You look at their personnel as they kept on coming out to bat. You just thought only one of these guys has got to fire and support um, uh, Hetmeyer. Um, what's his name was pretty good early on as well. Uh, uh, Poran, 46 yeah. off 34. Nicholas Poran was pretty good as well. But um, interestingly in commentary, Russell, Ar- Russell Arnold was asked about what he thought of Sri Lanka's campaign. And he said he was actually quite happy with it. He said the expectations were so low and he said that the way that they'd played and that some of the young players that had really kicked on gave him a lot of hope for the future. I mean, Hasaranga um, is the one that number one ranked bowler in the world now. And when I was watching it, I thought, I can't believe the West Indies are given a chance. So many people were giving the West Indies a chance. They were, Sri Lanka were obviously favourites at the innings break, but not by that much. And I just thought, they're really going to struggle to get these runs. And then when Hasaranga came on, it was just a masterstroke from Sri Lanka that held back their best bowler till the game was almost in the balance and they just went bang. That's the end of it. Um, the pitch wasn't conducive to really fast scoring. Um, it was not really coming onto the bat. Uh, so yeah, the West Indies were really never in it. So um, sad kind of to see such a powerful side um, on the wane. And I can't believe it, they didn't pick Narayan. Mm, yeah, I can't either. It's disappointing for this tournament that not, not the fact that they've lost, but we just haven't seen much from the West Indies. They are, such an attractive side when they're playing well. They, they do these individuals light up the T20 tournaments all around the world. So it's been disappointing. They just haven't been more competitive. We haven't seen that sort of um, consistent performances in the team. But kind of not sure how this places Australia v West Indies on Saturday night because I could see the West Indies sort of being heads on the plane on Saturday night and therefore Australia gets a pretty easy win. But I can also see them sort of freed from any burden of worrying about the next um, the next phase. And, you know, it might be Chris Gale's. If Chris Gale plays, it might be his last game for the West Indies. Um, so it, it could mean something and they're dangerous. Yes. And I think that when Andre Russell comes out to bat, uh, Chris Gale, Pollard, all, all of those kind of superstars who are on the uh, towards the latter half of their careers, I can imagine Australian fans will be a bit nervous that it'll take one big six from Andre Russell to suddenly make us all stuck to hide behind the the couch. Because <laughs> even last night, I mean, he only got two, but his first ball he slashed at one and it was well fielded on the boundary. But the power, um, and he's a good player as well. He's got a good eye. He's just woefully out of form. And if he could find that form, as you say, with complete freedom to slog, then they could really damage Australia. I, I think it's a possibility, but I think a much more likely possibility is that Australia will be accurate at the stumps, bowling pretty powerfully. And sure, they might get a couple of sixes away, but I, I, I think that Australia will probably overpower them. Yeah, I agree. I think Australia will win on Saturday night. I think they're peaking nicely. And yeah. Hopefully um, we get the chocolates and then um, England does us a favour and Australia somehow scrape through to the next round. We drag this average side into the last four. I've told uh, you before, my dream is, uh, another of my <laughs> dreams would be if if um, South Africa, if Australia win, 
Um, and then South Africa. No, Australia them. lose. Isn't no, that... no, this time I, I want. So what do I want? Um, Australia win. Oh, yeah, Australia, South Africa. Australia to um, lose. Lose. South Africa and... lose. No, no, no. Sorry, no. Australia to win um, and South Africa to win. And so that it's all on, um, everyone's on eight points. And then and, England are out. And England, so South Africa to beat England by a similar margin to what Australia beat Bangladesh last night. And that suddenly England could be eliminated. It, it's almost certainly not going to happen, but it would be one of the the more amazing, remarkable, humorous things to ever happen in sport. Yeah, it would give, give England a nice head start on the ashes. <laughs> right. That's my segue because um, I, I we've spoken about on Cricket Unfiltered before, but Tim Payne, He's a co-host of a radio show in, in Tasmania, and he, he wasn't on, I think, in studio today, but they called him, and he was asked to respond to Shane Warne's criticisms of him in the last couple of days. And what Warne said was, Payne, he's had a shocker the last couple of years as captain. Tactically, he's been very poor. We've lost the last two series, and he can't make a run. Well, let's just go through these firstly, and uh, then we'll go into his response. But I think the first bit about Payne being tactically poor is a, a fair enough criticism from Shane Warne. He's he's able to criticise his tactics, and I think there's there's some foundation for that. Probably, yeah. There's been some disappointing tactical moments. The review frivolously called in the 2019 game at, at Headingley bowling first at the Oval in that final test match. Um, but I, I also think that um, you've got to balance the SCG that with... against India earlier this year. He blew his top and we didn't get the win. That's true. Um, it, was more, it was more so then we, we, we were, um, we had the field back um, as well at the, at the Gabba, didn't we? Um, that we, we probably should have had a more aggressive field in to get some wickets and we had the, had it back. I don't know. Anything more recent, my brain's um <laughs> My brain scrambled, but um, <laughs> what I'd say is that a, I think that Shane Warne in those circumstances would have done better. I think tactically on the field, he's aggressive, and I think that's what what, what Australia need. But if I put Shane Warne in um, as a sort of a carbon copy of, of instead of, of Tim Payne all this whole, whole time, don't know if Shane Warne would have had the same sort of statesmanship ability, and um, he seems like he's got a, a pretty harmonious team, <laughs> with the exception of maybe the coach. Um, so I think he's done quite a lot of good as captain as well. And as I always say when we talk about the captain, captaincy, I think it's um, its importance is vastly overstated. Go back to Richie ben, Richie Benno's quote: "It's um, ten percent ability and ninety percent luck, but don't try it without the ten percent ability." And I think that's about true. I think that Payne on field's done okay, off field has done very well. Yeah. Um, well, I, look, I think on field they're valid criticisms. I mean, he he almost cost us a, a win in England, like a, a series win. We have the Ashes, but we still haven't won a series in England for 20 years. And then against India last year, we we weren't we weren't good in the last two test matches. But look, that's just the first criticism. Then he says, Warney, that we've lost the last two test series, which I don't think is right because didn't we didn't we lose against India last year? But I'm just trying to think this the, the series the before five ashes before that we won that <laughs> no but the, the last no, like, summer we we, we hammered <laughs> we New Ze we hammered New Zealand and Pakistan yeah, yeah. so yeah. we haven't lost the last two test series and when he says Payne can't make a run well that's not true Payne's actually been batting very well he averages in the 30s at test level and it's just not a valid criticism to say he's 
he's not a decent number seven. So maybe Warren is of... so enthralled to India that he now only acknowledges Test series between Australia and India. <laughs> That's and that, right. We have lost the last two series in that regard. Yeah, it's true. I mean, they're the ones that matter. No one cares about New Zealand and Pakistan when it comes to those things. So, um, so look, that's Warney's criticisms. But then Payne goes on and he said he didn't want to say too much um, because I think he's been a bit gun shy because the media has been coming at him in the last um, month or so since, well, he made those comments about Joe Root um, that will we'll play the Ashes whether you're here or not. His radio show hasn't been good, I don't think, for him because it's, it's a lot of media scrutiny on him. It's fair to say that uh, a Tasmanian radio show has not had this much impact in Britain for a long time. <laughs> anywhere. Not Britain, anywhere, anytime, even yeah. in Tasmania. Even in Melbourne. <laughs> uh, you know, he does it with Jack, who's some footballer. But So I think he's a bit gun show, so he didn't want to say much. But then he did say a few things that concerned me. The first one he said was... He talked about the challenges of, of the test team playing so little cricket in the last 18 months and the fact that you know, how, how can you really comment on our performances because we've hardly played in 18 months. So, And then he said to Jack, the footballer, he said, it's like you, mate, if you were playing footy and you're playing like one game every two months, how would you go? Um, so that could be transferred to soccer, whoever, wherever you are. So that was his first thing. <laughs> but then this is what worried me. Have you heard the audio? I've read it. He started making excuses for why they might lose the Ashes. Oh, it's really tough. The players are coming back from a T20 World Cup. A lot of them are going to have to do quarantine. A lot of them aren't going to have enough training. Then we've only got eight days together before the series. That is very concerning for me that he's already sort of starting to jot down the reasons why they might lose the series. Not concerning to me at all. Um, Cricket has played... The, the winner will be the side that bowls better and bats better, not whichever side Menas psychoanalyzes three weeks out from the tournament. Like, <laughs> but don't you think that the, the preparation affects how they bat and bowl better? But this is not, yeah, to an extent, but this is not the preparation. This is just a few throwaway lines. This is Payne saying this. I didn't say this. Why are you having a go at me? Payne said this. No, because I'm saying what he said is fine. You're analyzing it. <laughs> and it's like, you know, if Payne wore a green shirt today as opposed to a yellow shirt, is that a problem? No. It's 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 going to be won by who is the most accurate bowling team and which side uh, bats the best. It's not going to be won by which side is um, saying the right quasi-analytical quasi, quasi um, things or whatever in the, in the lead-up to it. Um, plus, there are no excuses. It's like saying if I was about to go on a bungee jump, like, oh... Um, geez, the guy next to me saying, oh, you know, so you've got to make sure we get the, the cord right. He's making excuses as if that's going to matter. Like if I if I land splattering on the ground, no one's going to say, oh, well, he did make excuses in advance, so let's not go too hard on him. Payne knows that if they lose the Ashes, it's going to be uh, Armageddon and nothing that he says in the in the lead-up to it will make a difference. So, um, I'm not saying it's going to make a difference. I'm just saying it's concerning that he is airing these worries um, a month out of the Ashes. Uh, no, yeah. there's no concern at all. All right, whatever. Um, as, this is Chris Stone. As an England fan, I love Payne. He's a loose cannon, but to be fair to him, he takes the banter online from the Barmy Army and send it, sends it straight back. Fair play to him on that. I mean, so that's interesting, for Chris, because he's not a loose cannon in Australian eyes. I think it's just that, as I've said before, he's got this radio show in Hobart, which um, naturally the 
the owners of that station, SEN, are keen for it to be as successful as possible. So when you've got the Australian cricket captain on there, um, anything he says is going to be amplified. But what he has actually said has been fairly measured. It just it just sounds to people in England like he can't shut up. He can't shut up because he's paid to talk on the on the on the show. If you listen to the whole show, it's probably ninety percent about um, Australian rules football. But every now and again, when he talks about cricket. He's got to say something, so he says this. Wouldn't it surprise me if he's actually paid warning to make these comments to help the ratings of his radio show improve? <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Coffee's got to him. Um, well, look. Oh, well, the coffee's got to me. and You're you're worried that we're going to lose the ashes because <laughs> the, the captain four weeks in advance points out the obvious that there's the, the players have been in a bubble and that the first ball of the ashes, Pat Cummins is going to run in and says, oh, I better bowl a long hop because pain, comments Payne made on radio four weeks ago. Well, or, or he's about to bowl and he says, hey, Payne, look, I just can't remember how to bowl with a red ball because I've been at the T20 World Cup. Can you just show me how it works? Um, but look, <laughs> just on Payne. we needed more preparation. Yes. Oh, I knew we were going to lose. That's right. <laughs> we need another meeting. Help! <laughs> um, but the one thing I will say about Payne, he's, he's a cheeky bugger. He's, he's a little bit cheeky and he, he, he's pretty measured when he's representing Australia. But his natural... Um, personality is to be cheeky and funny um, yeah. and he, he brings it back a bit so i like him too great stuff all right paul anything else you want to add before we end this broadcast jaleesa has been fantastic as always oh, she <laughs> carries these live shows <laughs> God, <yep. laughs> i'm like none for 20 putting the link in our chat i mean she goes on those south african guys live youtube show at the drop of a hat she does it from a car but she won't do it for this one but anyway I'm doing one with her in a few minutes that you're not involved in. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just see it live. I'll be, like, yeah. I'll be like, send me the link and it'll just be like ghosted. <laughs> All righty. Well, that's it then, Paul. Yep. Uh, great win right. for the Aussies. Great win for the Aussies. We'll be back after Australia's performance on Saturday night. Could be a double act. We could do like a live late night show between games and then a, a full reaction to Australia crashing out or making the semi. So <laughs> thanks, everybody, for watching or listening. Paul, get some sleep. See ya. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now, driving at your desk. Maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.